everybody, and welcome once again to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David, and we are here for a second episode this week, a very, very, very special edition of Real Chronicles. We are going to talk film, but we are going to talk WrestleMania. So for today's episode, I am not joined by the usual suspects. I am joined with Ryan. He broke the firewall once again. What up, Ah, Ryan? What's happening? How's everybody doing today? Good, good, good. And joining us from Fursy Network, is that, did I get it right, Rube? Yes, sir. How you doing, Ruben? I'm doing well, man. All is good, man. No complaints. What's going on? What's going on? That. Thank you for having me. No, no. Thank you for joining us today. So I've mentioned in almost the 50 episodes that we've done that I'm a big wrestling fan, and this week is the biggest event of the year. So I figured what better way to look at the biggest event of the year for me than to look at wrestling films, wrestlers in films, and look at the card and see how we feel. I'm going to, before I even get started, I run a little wrestling page on Facebook called Main Event Roundtable. So if you guys want to, we talk a lot of bullshit wrestling. I I love to call out the marks. I love to call out, any, <laughs> yeah. I love to call out anyone that hates Roman Reigns for no apparent reason. I love to do all that fun stuff. So if you want to join and discuss, you're always free to join. So with that being said, uh, I've been a wrestling fan since 1994. When did you guys start watching? I, I want to say around 94 as well because... Uh, my dad says 96, because he's the one who got me into it. But I remember watching on the network, it was Ultimate Warriors, like, last Raw. And it was in 94, if I remember correctly. That is, so 90, like, I remember that is, 90, that is 1996. Oh, so maybe he was right. Okay, so maybe 94, 96, one of the two. There you go. What about you, Rube? I mean, I would say I would say probably 1990. And it's probably hard, because I was, what, like, three years old to really remember that. But, I mean, like, one of the first matches I remember watching was, like, uh, Hogan Warrior at WrestleMania 6. And then a little bit later on, Sting Flair, Great American Bash 90. Um, you know, but one of, aside from that, uh, also the War Games 1991, the Wrestle War with the Horsemen against Sting, Brian Pillman, the Steiners. So, I mean, I could really say probably 1990, Hogan Warrior, WrestleMania 6. That's a good way to start. Like, I, I started in 94. So I had a good start because one of my top WrestleManias of all time was that year. I started in January of 94 and kind of my first real big pay-per-view was WrestleMania 10. So yeah, I started nice. off good. But good un- start off with too. unfortunately, I hit 1995 and I don't know how I stayed around, but I'm glad I did because it's been a hell of a run. And I mean, I'm 20, 24 years in and it'll never stop for me. Like I'm one of those that. I've I've dedicated so much time and money and effort to watching this shit that like <laughs> I, I I'll stay through the good and the bad and the last few years I can say it's been some of the worst. I wouldn't <laughs> and say some of the best. Some of the best wrestling, some of the worst writing. Like being being so into film and being so into yeah. narratives, I nitpick everything when it comes to Raw and SmackDown in terms of storyline driven content. So, like, I will sit down. I'm like, oh, man, like, this doesn't make sense. You used to do, like, yeah, the Attitude Era, which sometimes didn't make any sense. Don't get me wrong. But, like. Choppy, choppy. It's all choppy, (laughs) choppy. But, like, I look at the narratives of these storylines and I'm just like, man, why don't you try to at least make, make it all make sense? Like yeah. that's how that's how I feel. I feel ruthless aggression era has some of the best of everything. Honestly. I, I think, I, think I, I don't know if you guys agree. I think ruthless aggression had the best roster. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think this is the best roster right now. I think this current crop of talent is the best that WWE has had, in my opinion. I just feel that the writing 
it just it just sucks that the writing does not match it in that sense. Like I think from a writing perspective, the ruthless aggression era and even the attitude era were awesome. But I mean, listening to a lot of uh, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, I would like to even think that maybe even the Hogan era had some great writing. Like um, I would. On a, on a top 10 podcast I just did with Vinny, which is out today on SoundCloud, under First Scene Network. Sorry for the... For no, the no, cheap. Plug away, uh, plug away. Ryan does it all the time. Go Ben Rack. We did our top 10 WrestleManias, and believe it or not, in my top five, I had WrestleMania 4. Now, you wait, you might uh, hear that and say, what the hell, WrestleMania 4? Nah, that was a I'm, I, yeah. I'm with you. It's not in my I, top five, but it's in my honorable mentions. It's in my top five only because of the storyline that began, which was a year-long story build that ended a year later, which was the Mega Powers. So to me, that writing right there is probably the best story that WWE has ever written in the history of the company. I mean, so in my opinion, this is the best talent they've had. But the writing, I think it depends. You know, you can probably nitpick uh, which era had the best one. So I would say probably Attitude Era overall. But I think the the Hogan era and the ruthless aggression era probably gets uh, doesn't get as much attention. I agree with you on the Hogan era. I'm not a Hogan fan. I despise Hulk Hogan. But um, I think that era and those stories that were ran at that time, because like you, I listen to uh, Bruce Prichard's podcast, something to wrestle with, and I'm sure that you've heard the same thing. Like bef- way back when, it was Pat, it was Vince, and it was Bruce writing TV. Right. When you have three minds working, you don't have to have 45 other opinions that kind of like conflict Vince's mind. Because at the end of the day, it's his decision on what mm-hmm. goes on TV. So I think the fact that the smaller the team, the better the, the better the product. Because look at look at the attitude there was Ed Ferrara, Vince Russo, and Vince in a room right. doing their thing. And then you got some great stories. But I agree with you. That's actually one of my favorite storylines of all time. That and like the prelude to WrestleMania four, which was the... Um, the twin referees yes yes the twin referee yes and i don't like hogan but his promo after he's like how much did they pay for the plastic surgery and i'm like <laughs> i'm like Hulk, i'm like dude i hate you but like that is money such a money money promo yeah and i mean in the podcast i actually had like in order from six six uh six five four i had th- wrestlemania three wrestlemania four and five only because I feel like that Mega Powers angle really started in three unofficially. It started with Hogan and Andre, and then it eventually led to Hogan and Savage two years later. The best part of that storyline is I, I'm an old school guy. Like I'm thirty, I'm thirty one, but I will sit down and or lay down whatever time of the day it is or night and watch old school. I'm all into the eighties when it comes to wrestling. More than anything, even though like Attitude Era was what I grew up on, and it was a great time to be alive as a wrestling fan, but the '80s, like Miss Elizabeth, Macho Man, like those two were—I mean, rest in peace to both of them. But those were, to me, the defining act of the '80s. Like I love Ric Flair and Macho Man, but I—I I think work-wise, I think Macho Man was like my the best worker of the '80s, right on top with Flair and Steamboat. Those three were it for me. But like going back to the storyline that you were saying, like the best part about it was from WrestleMania four, even when Macho won the title, you had that subtlety of Hogan picking up or doing something with Liz or hugging Liz, and you had Macho give Hogan that look. Yeah. And it progressively increased as the year went on when he finally like slapped the shit out of him on Saturday night's main event. And 
it's just like you i think the problem is with today's wrestling is that yeah you have the roster's insane but the stories that aren't really told in the ring the way they used to be i don't know if you see that like i love ring of honor i absolutely love ring of honor but most of the time it's great good matches great matches with a bunch of spots and i'm not shitting on spots i love spots so does everybody. Everyone marks out mm-hmm. for them. But at the end of the day, like wrestling is, is all psychological and you have to tell the story in the ring. And when you sometimes don't do that, to me, it affects the product. Like you have like NXT is doing it right. I don't know if you guys are following the Gargano Ciampa story. Oh, amazing. Amazing story. And it's it's you know that Hunter has his hands on that because of the way that story is being progressed. And I mean that story. From what I read, and I posted on my on, on my page, it's supposed to main event on Sunday. It's not going to be Black and Almas. So right, I mean it should. That that's what they've been building towards. If I'm not mistaken, I believe they split it up last year. Was it? It was uh, May. Year? It was May. A, a takeover in May in Chicago. Okay, yeah. So it's just about a year in the making, which which is cool and rightfully so. I mean, it's the biggest story in the in the brand, so rightfully so. But I mean. To add to the Ring of Honor, and I know we're going to touch on Ring of Honor a little bit more, but I kind of feel like uh, a little bit later, I kind of feel like a Ring of Honor, the one thing that hurts them is they rely on New Japan way too much. I agree. I agree. I can see that. I mean, yeah. their main stars are pretty New much Japan. Are for basically New Japan because the Bucks were Japan before they hit Ring of Honor. And I I believe Cody was as well, right? Before he f- signed with Ring of Honor, he's he went to New Japan first, right? I'm not 100% sure on that. I think so. I think well, he made his first yeah. appearance in Ring of Honor. That's that I know. Okay. But then I think he signed the exclusive with Ring of Honor, which allowed him to wrestle back and forth. Okay, so then I then I was wrong on that one. But I mean, their main event on Saturday is the biggest star, probably one A to AJ Styles is one B as right. the best wrestler in the world. Kenny Omega is New Japan's basically top draw with Okada, mm-hmm. and then you have I. So I agree with you on Ring of Honor having a hard time building their own stars. But, I mean, if the relationship works, that's why they're the number two company. They've taken advantage of the relationship. So you can't knock the business decision on that, I think. Right, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But before we get into Mania and all that fun stuff, like I said, this is a film podcast. So what is your favorite wrestling movie? And I already know what you're going to say, Ryan. You're going to piss me the fuck off. <laughs> no, I'm t- I want to I, I wanna say that because I do love say that movie. It, say I love, it. Say it. I love Ready to Rumble. I am a mark for that movie. It's, like my, it's just so much fun for me because like, I just, it was, I think, like, I think it's the only movie where you really get all those wrestlers except for The Wrestler, which is my 1A, 1B. Like, if I want to be serious, I'll watch The Wrestler. If I, if I want a good laugh, I'll watch uh, Ready to Rumble. But, like, you see all the wrestlers. You, you know, when it came to WCW, I'm a huge uh, DDP mark, uh, mostly because my, I knew his sister. Yeah, sister growing up. So, seeing him in the, as the entire thing, like, it just brought back good memories for me. But, yeah, Ready to Rumble is just so much fun. Right. I, it's, I know it's bad. It's one of those, like, like you're Batman and Robin, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I know it's bad, but I'm still going to laugh my ass off. I recently saw it. It's just as bad as I remember. <laughs> well, the good thing about Ready to Rumble was it created, it brought a real, uh, 
a match from the movies onto real onto real. Did life. you like that match? Just curious. Oh, I love. Uh, I like the concept of it. I mean, if you really think about it, though, that match was already created before. That yeah, and in, in, uh, in the Crockett era, right? Yes, in the NWA, I remember it was a War Games in particular, which was like uh, Kevin Sullivan and I don't know who he had on his team against like Jimmy Garvin, the Road Warriors, and there was a whole thing with Jimmy Garvin and his and precious yeah yeah it was like a whole big thing but that was when that cage was first introduced so yeah and that was i think the i think the problem too is that they it was at the end the tail end of wcw where they were just doing anything to to get you know eyes eyeballs back on the tv yeah i think they even threw canyon off yeah man it was i was like i'm like you know i thought it was classless because it took place in kemper arena where owen hart died Oh wow. oh wow! And I'm like, you're doing that less than a year. No, a year after he passed away, you're gonna do that. I'm like, dude, that's that's like as classless as it gets. Yeah, so, I didn't even I didn't even know that. That sucks. I didn't know that either. It's it to me. It's to me. It showed how low they would go at that point to try to get over to get over their company. I mean, it is what it is. Um, they they failed for numerous reasons that we're not gonna get into right now. But yeah, my favorite. Uh, wrestling movie is the wrestler. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Oh, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, and actually, that w- actually that's good. That was gonna be my favorite as well. That's what I was gonna pick as well. Yeah, I think it sucks because I know that Vince McMahon has like, I think he has mixed opinions on it because, like Pritchard said, he's an interesting individual. Right. I know some wrestlers didn't like it or Vince didn't like it because it sh- it pretty much made it seem like there's no afterlife after wrestling which in retrospect i go a lot of, i don't know if you do i know rube i see you all the time in ring of honor rye mm-hmm. i don't know if you do a lot of indies but i do a lot of indies that's not ring of honor and that is very accurate as to how it is yeah and i think that's the reason that's the reason why i like the movie it's the realism about it which it's sad to say but it's realistic like think about I hate to bring it up, but think about a guy like Virgil, right? Like people, mm-hmm. like, to put, like wrestling fans will probably like to poke fun at Virgil, but then it's like, you know, because he was the only one at a signing booth and no one showed up. But the weird, the weird and sad part is, is that's almost like what the, you know, the movie of the wrestler, that one scene where they're in some room and you see a bunch of old timers just there sitting at a table and, that's and just- barely anyone's there. And it's like, damn, like I it's think- very depressing. It's very depressing, and then I, I, I go to this uh, shout out to WrestlePro. That's the indie promotion I go to, and I go and they get a lot of old timers, and I see there, and I see them like for example, I went to a show back in June, and the Natural Butch Reed was there, oh, and wow. usually I get there nice and early just to see if there's anyone I want to meet or just check out the merch, so on and so forth. I can tell you, probably three people went to this table the entire time. That sucks. I would have went to his table. I like butchery. Like, and it's sad because it's that's why the wrestler holds a very, very special place for me because of just the realism that you mentioned before, Rube. It's it's there's if if I want to show someone the the real the realest possible situation of a professional wrestler, I'm going to show them the wrestler and the fact that it's a great director. It's a fantastic performance. I I don't know about you guys, but I love the ambiguity of the ending, like when he jumps off the top rope. Oh yeah, I love that. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. You know, you don't know if he dies, if he lives, so on and so forth. But that's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is to show what really happens to wrestlers after they 
you know, they're done after they leave WWE, WCW, NWA, or whatever, or WCCW way back when. Like, I can imagine mm-hmm. if the Von Erichs didn't die, except uh, Kevin, that they would probably be doing the same thing, going to these conventions. Like, perfect example is WrestleCon this weekend at WrestleMania. Like, you have oh, yeah. all these old-timers, and they're obviously you're going to have some people. Like, I'm meeting Austin on Sunday. I hate you for that, by and the way. <laughs> Austin is my number one of all time. You're, of course he's going to sell out. Of course you're going to get people that want to see him. But then they have guys like on the on the – on their website, like Dink the Clown, and then I saw him last year in Orlando, and like all in makeup and no one going to his table. I'm like, dude, this is these are what these guys need to do to make a living. Yeah, and that's like the saddest part of it, and that's why I think the movie does a great job with that. I mean, there's other wrestling movies. I know there were movies in the wrestling in wrestling from like the Beyond the Mat. Beyond the what do you guys think about Beyond the Mat? Like- I've seen bits and pieces, and I like what I see. I've never actually sat down and watched it in its entirety. For some reason, I can't tell you why, but just now I want to find it. <laughs> what about what about you, Rube? I like Beyond the Mat. I guess for the same reason why I like the wrestler, it's the realism behind the you know behind the business. I mean, it takes you, you know, it gives you an in depth look at WWE office and Vince McMahon and creative. You know, when when he's meeting Draws for the first time, and he's got a puke. God, God, damn yeah. God damn it, pal. That whole deal, you know? Um, and then you see the depressing Jake Roberts story, which probably shouldn't have, you know, I don't know. They, maybe they shouldn't have aired so much of his, you know, dirty laundry in terms of his family out there. But I guess that was the point of the documentary. Um, you know, and then you see The Rock and Mankind, that whole deal. So, I mean, there's so many there's so many interesting aspects of the movie. Some sad, some cool, like the Rock and Mick Foley part. I, I like Beyond the Mat. I would probably say it's number two. I don't know if you were counting documentaries in this. In no, you can of- count documentaries, I mean, if you'd like. I mean, there's so many wrestling documentaries, so I try not – I didn't want to include them yeah. because, like, there's a documentary on Bruiser Barodi that's really good, like, that touches on when the you know when he got killed in Puerto Rico. And there's another one about the there's a there's a WWE Network one uh, about w, a world class championship wrestling. But there's a uh, another documentary that came out back in like 2006, 2007. And that's really, really good. I, I highly recommend that you guys check that out. It's pretty much touches on all their deaths in a more in-depth way because, you know, how WWE tries to like, you know, make sugarcoat everything and make it as glorious mm-hmm. as possible. So that's a really good one to check out if you guys ever want to look into that. Now, going on to wrestlers in movies, obviously the biggest movie star in the world is The Rock. Hulk Hogan. Oh. Stop. Stop. (laughs) I will say this. I don't know how you guys feel, but I fuck with No Holds Barred. I actually do. I was actually thinking about that movie. I thought we were going to like talk about it before you transitioned, but I guess it's a nice little segue it's a wrestlers going Hollywood, but no Bard, no holes Bard is actually really cool. Like that's actually one of the fun movies of all like wrestling movies. And then to bring that Zeus character onto the, onto WWE in the main storyline and have him involved in that tail end of the mega powers, uh, storyline going into the summer of what was it? 89, 89. Yeah. SummerSlam 89. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And it's funny because, movie's terrible like i i I don't know if rubo agree with me if there's a guilty pleasure wrestling film that's it 
not ready to rumble. It's no holds barred. Hell yeah. Like, you know, when we were talking earlier, you were telling me about wrestling movies and stuff like that. Like, for some reason, I was like, all right, let me look up the trailer for No Holds Barred on YouTube. And I literally YouTube that and Ready to Rumble. I was like, wow, these are like two goofy movies, but they're cool. Like, I, you know, I enjoyed it, especially, you know, for the fact that there's something from the movie that the wrestling promotions decided, okay, this, this can work, or we can try to make it work. Let's put it, you know, let's involve it in an angle you know yeah, from the page to zeus like that's cool man as long as it works and it doesn't come out as a big cluster fuck then cool man i know that i don't know if you remember this so wwf at the time made so much money off this because they were able to actually get a pay-per-view out of it so when the movie came out on on vhs they actually had it on pay-per-view called No Holds Barred, the movie and the match. So they would show the movie, and then after the movie, they would have Hogan versus Zeus in a steel cage. So that would actually, oh, get, that would actually get more people to tune in and purchase the pay-per-view, which is pretty insane at the time. Like, I just buy it. Actually, looking at it, I, I got to remember that in 1989, VHS was probably like $50, $60. So yeah. that, that, that was – what are you saying? No, I was gonna say that that probably that's probably the time when uh, Tiny Lister thought he was gonna win the WWF title. No, nah, but but he just but then he just decided to be Debo on Friday, which was great. Yeah. Which was great. Can you imagine Debo as the WWE champion? Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Because he probably can't cut a promo. No, but come on, like let's be for real here. Like quick, like. Quick side note, like all, like I hate the celebrity wing in the Hall of Fame. You do too. You know I'm actually okay with that. I argue with my buddy about that all the time because I, I, well, Ryan, I don't know how you feel because Alex is the one to argue with this about. Like yeah. he hates the celebrity wing. I'm okay with it. Like why not? It doesn't not? bother me. It really doesn't. Like the only thing that bothers me now is because like when Stephen Amell actually did a match, I'm like he's a shooing for the celebrity wing in that, and then Cody left and he went to did the Ring of Honor thing. I'm like. That's never happening. <laughs> what I hate about it is the fact that, like, they put in people like Kid Rock, who has nothing to do with W. Like, he did not do anything to contribute it. Like, I'm cool with certain people. Like, Mr. T, I was cool with because he was part of the first two WrestleManias. I'd be cool with Floyd Mayweather because his match with Big Show was box office. That was a main. That was one of the big three. Yeah, one of the big three. Yeah, in WrestleMania. I'm okay with that. But when you start including people like Snoop Dogg, and I love Snoop, you know, one of the greatest rappers ever, you know, when you start including him and Kid Rock because of, you know, these little cheap things they do, it's like, ah, come on. Like, that's enough. What about Carl Malone? I'm cool with Carl Malone or Dennis Rodman getting in. At least they got in the ring and actually competed. You're going to hate when Flo Rida gets in. The highlight is him uh, freestyle battling Bo Dallas on Monday Night Raw. Let oh me. My see. God, man! Like it's funny. Like my my fiance Jenny, she, uh, Jenny regular on the podcast. She started watching wrestling when we started dating four years ago, and she, last year she was like, she's like, babe, why is Flo Rida always the WrestleMania song? And I'm like, I don't know. I think they have <laughs> such an infatuation with that guy. That guy's like a lock for the Hall of Fame. I don't, whenever he says, I'm, I'll do you a song, just put me in the Hall of Fame. He's in. I just wish Jay-Z would have been able to make WrestleMania 19. Yeah, again, with Cena. It was supposed to be Jay or Fab. Yeah, first Cena. Fab, and then Fab couldn't do it, and then Jay. And they were really dead set on Jay at one point, but then his scheduling got in the way. That I, wonder, been cool. I wonder how that would have turned out. 
would that have been like a shoot or would that have been because Cena can go like on the mic. So I'm curious to how that would have gone if they would have like set that up or it would have been a shoot. Jay, I, I know I Jay know. would have killed him, but it would have still been, it would have still been it would have still been interesting to see if WWE would have let that happen, seeing as Cena was on the come up. So yeah. well, I mean, look at uh, look at the USO and uh, New Day one. I mean, they kind of let them do their own thing a little bit because unless you don't think they okay, you think they did it by themselves? No, or that, you was think wrote it? that was scripted. That was scripted. Actually, I thought except for the Xavier Woods page. Oh yes, I yes, because they edited that out too. And the, I think probably the Roman uh, comment as well. I think WWE at this point is taking in, just letting it be with the Roman Reigns stuff. You're, you're not going to change people's opinion. Which I was, I was going to transition into Armenius moment stuff, but I kind of want to talk to you both of you on this. I haven't talked to this is off you know off the cuff i haven't talked to any of you guys on this ryan i know a little bit of his opinion on it but rube what do you think about roman reigns um i'm a fan of roman reigns i like roman reigns i think he's really good in the ring i think he's got charisma i mean it may not be as good as the rocks but i mean it's not as bad as triple h um i think he's got charisma. yeah 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 man yeah man yeah (laughs) no i mean i think he's good man and you know the guys work. A lot of his matches are really, really good. And it's not just for the people he worked with. Look at uh, his matches with Braun Strowman last year. There were some pretty good matches. Yeah, I'm with you. It, I... takes, it takes two to tangle. And a lot of people could say, oh, well, you know, he was in the ring with AJ or Daniel Bryan. Well, you know what? You know, he hung You know, he hung in there with two of the best. So it is I'm... what it is. And the guy's really good. He draws money. He's marketable. I'm okay with him. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I know Ryan isn't. So I'll finish. I'll continue to pick out piggyback of what you said. I, I. I can go back to WrestleMania 31, and I was not a fan. I can be. I was a fan of him in the Shield, and I. I. I didn't like what they were doing in terms of. I'm like, oh, okay, are we gonna do the Cena thing again? Like, we're not going to. We're just gonna push this guy, and he's gonna win the title. It didn't turn out that way. Obviously, plans change at the end. Set cashed in it was one of like the best mania moments of all time now transitions into following month and that's when my respect for rain started going up i don't know if you guys remember this it was at, i believe in extreme rules he had a, a last man standing match with the big show yes oh yeah and that was the first match that i was like all right i was kind of like what you were saying rube i was like ah daniel bryan carried him to a great match because I really, I don't know if you guys remember the SummerSlam before he had a match with Randy Orton that was, eh, it was all right, nothing crazy. And I was like, oh, he's not that good in the ring. But then that match with Big Show was fucking bananas. And I was like, oh, maybe he can go. And he progressively just got banger after banger after banger in the ring. And I'm just like, maybe Roman Reigns is good. And I'm going to give this guy a shot. And I love when I argue with people about him that I'm like, he doesn't have a bad match. Like he doesn't. He just he's doesn't. like he does not have a bad match. And they're like, oh, what about the one with Triple H? I'm like, that match was not great, but it wasn't Roman Reigns' fault. It was whoever decided to make it a 28 minute match when you already know that Roman Reigns was going to win the title. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. it wasn't Roman Reigns. I and then I challenge anyone to tell me when was the last real terrible Roman Reigns match. He doesn't have one. He just it's consistent as fuck in the ring. And he's gotten a lot better on the mic. Like he had the promo of the year last year by not saying by saying three words or four words. 
the one after WrestleMania when he had the whole crowd on the palm of his hands and yeah. they just kept booing yeah. and booing and he's like, This is my yard now and then he just walks out the ring. I'm like that that just shows the control he has over the crowd. And I think we're in a different era where the face of the company doesn't have to be a hundred percent loved anymore. It just happens to be if you put asses in the seats, whether you love him or hate him, you're gonna go boo him, you're gonna go cheer him. I I said this about John Cena probably like six years ago. John Cena was the best baby face and the best heel in the company. And I think Roman Reigns is the best baby face and the best heel in the company. Easily. Yeah, I mean, I think that's Vince's philosophy now. As long as he gets some sort of reaction, whether it's negative or positive, I think he's okay with that. And, you know, to go, you know, in terms of Roman Reigns, I mean, I always was a fan of his, even going back to the Shield. I remember going with a friend of mine to uh, Money in the Bank 2013 in Philly. This is oh, when Orton. I was there too. And he and he had the pre-show match, him and Rollins against the Usos. Solid match. And, right. It was a great match. And I, for some reason, something told me, I was like, this guy's going to be good. And I'm not just saying that just because he's the face of the company. Like, I actually saw this match. I'm like, wow, this guy's really good. Like, I feel like he's, he'll be the next guy in line. And sure enough, he is the next guy in line. But, I mean... Look, I think the guy gets a lot of heat for no reason. When he was in the Shield, right before the Shield broke up, you know, you could date it back to the Survivor Series 2013 when everyone was cheering for him when he beat an entire team all by himself, right? And then Royal Rumble when it was him and Batista. And then people were cheering him. Right. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Well, it was because it was Batista. No, you guys did the same thing the year later with Rusev. Don't give me that stuff. You know what the funny thing is? The way I look at it is. The fans chose him as the next guy, but when the company chose him as the next guy, we're not going to choose him as the next guy. Like my biggest thing with Roman is I think he's the biggest baby face in the company. He's not the most over guy in the company. That's Daniel Bryan. I think Daniel Bryan is Roman Reigns kryptonite. Everyone knew going into that rumble in Philly that Roman Reigns was going to win. Why do you put Daniel Bryan in it? Because once Daniel Bryan got eliminated, especially the way he did, it pretty much put more heat on Roman Reigns. And I think the best thing that the company could do is keep Daniel Bryan away from Roman Reigns as long as they possibly can. To me, I think the WrestleMania main event next year should be Roman Reigns having the title for a year versus Daniel Bryan here at MetLife Stadium. That would be dope. You're going to get a great match and Bryan goes over. Reigns is champion for a year. I think that's money. And I know people are like, oh, what about AJ? What about Nakamura? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, those are great matches. But I think the money, the story would be like everyone's favorite underdog versus the company guy. And I think the story would be phenomenal if they go in that route. But we'll see. We still got a year to go. Although, we still have this year's WrestleMania to go to. I don't think I'll be able to handle Cole saying it over and over again, the big dog versus the underdog, the big dog, because that would just be the tagline for that match. I love I, I, Michael Cole is the, the absolute worst announcer. <laughs> of this generation. Any disagreements there? Uh, Booker T. Well, lead announcer. There you go. Okay, yeah, because I can't stand Booker or uh, Otonga. Yeah, I can't stand them either. Who's you, who, who do you guys like the most at a, in all wrestling promotions? Mine, per- Kevin, Ke- Kevin Kelly and uh, Don Callis, yes. And Don Callis, yeah. Those are my two yeah. guys. Absolutely yeah. love them. Hmm. I like Corey. Like, Corey can just turn you know chicken uh shit into chicken salad so he's the best in the in that company though easily i would like cole gone 
and the two-man team of Todd Phillips and Corey Graves. I think that could be a really, really good team. That could be good, yeah. That's I'm tired of the three-man teams. I'm there's I don't understand what their love for three-man teams were. I'm like, you went the 80s and 90s with two-man teams, and then you just decide like, oh, I think three-man teams are gonna work. Nah, I, I don't understand that at all. But uh, yeah, I'm glad. Oh yeah, Ryan, you never said you hate Roman Reigns, right? No, I don't hate. No, see, I used to be like. I'll be honest, I was Marky like that for a while. Like, I I hated Roman, fuck Roman, you know, like, but now, like, it's not that I do respect him. Like, I think his promos have gotten better since his feud with Cena. Um, I think he's always improving every, like, and you're right, he hasn't had a bad match. After you said I was literally sitting here, I'm like, huh. (laughs) Like. He's no Bray Wyatt, I know, I know. No, but it's just, I just not, yeah, exactly. Like, I like who I like, I don't like who I don't like. Like, if he's in a feud with someone who I dislike more, then I'll root for him. But he's just one of those, like, okay, you do you, but I'm not going, I'm not going to be wearing a Roman shirt anytime. I might cheer for him in certain matches, but. There's yeah. nothing more than I love doing than pissing marks off. I actually have a shirt, Rube, for this weekend that's called, uh, it has, it's, it has Roman doing the, ooh, ah, and it says, nice. it says Roman Mania 4. That's awesome. And on the back of it says, uh, uh, hang with the beast, conquer Triple H, defeat the dead man. And on the last one, it says Roman Mania 4, uh, defeat the beast. That shit's going to be worn Monday all over New Orleans. And I'm just going to get. Oh, what happened, Rube? You broke up there. I was to say, that's an awesome shirt. Yeah, I just, I just, at this point, I've become such a Roman fan just because Marks hate him for no reason. <laughs> that it's just like, I've grown to genuinely like the guy's sarcastic asshole persona. So, and I, lo- did you guys, uh, before we get into it, did you guys check out that John Bravo video? Uh, bits and pieces. I, you couldn't keep my attention. Nothing you, came of it, so I didn't care. You know about the Bravo <laughs> stuff, right, Rube? Yeah, I I could care less about yeah. it. It's not Com- that serious. I mean, at one point they mentioned Luther Reigns. It was like, oh, okay. So I <laughs> I saw the video, and I I will never get those twenty minutes back. It's the guy's a complete farce. The guy guy's a complete asshole. Just, I have a quick question: Would you up? rather watch that, or would you rather watch uh, Takashi Six Nine for an hour on the Breakfast Club? I I rather watch Takashi Six Nine on the Breakfast Club because I know the Breakfast Club tore him to pieces. Yeah, word. So, and, and I don't like I don't like the Breakfast Club, but I hate Takashi Six Nine even more. It's funny. I was talking about it on the podcast uh, yesterday. I was saying that my real talk has more followers than Takashi Six Nine does. That's so I, great. So I think that's, that's actually pretty hysterical that he calls himself the king of New York, and he don't even have more followers than a than a startup entertainment company. There you go. So I, I have a quick question for you guys. You think Roman Reigns follows the trend and becomes the next big uh, WWE? Uh, what whatever it is, uh, babyface to become. A oh leader. yeah, yeah. Wait, you said babyface to be like the face of the company. You mean face of the company? Yeah, yeah. I think him beating Brock on Sunday is it. I don't know. I mean, he's now at this point. I think he's earned the stripes. I think he's yeah. He's done everything that he needs to do to get that nod. And if you look at it, I, I always joke around. Roman Reigns didn't win a pay-per-view match after WrestleMania till September. That's true. That's insane. So he puts people over. I don't know. I mean, I don't. the guy puts people over. He's not being booked like Super Cena. What else do you want the guy to do? You know what I mean? Do you want him to shit out gold? Do you want him to like, you know, rub, rub, rub and tug you? Like, I don't know what the hell you want the guy to do. 
Because <laughs> at this point, he's done everything. Out with Dirk Benedict as his manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I it's funny. Like, can you imagine Roman Reigns being managed by Charlemagne? <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. Like Charlemagne would like Roman cuts no promos and Charlemagne just cuts all the promos for him. I think that would be money. Yeah. What I I, I like to see Dirk Benedict manage him though. I don't From know. Slam? No, no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'd re- just rather see Dirk Benedict manage him just for the hell of it. I don't Screw think it. I think there's only one guy that would manage him, and that kind of goes into our WrestleMania talk later. And I have a wild prediction about something that may happen on Sunday. But we'll... I, I, I think I know what you're gonna say, so I'll I'll just wait till we talk to, talk about that because I thought the same thing earlier. There's I don't know. I have a very 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 strong feeling depending on how contract negotiations go throughout the week. That's that's where I'm leaving at that for now. All right, so let's get into WrestleMania. I mean, WrestleMania, we're going into our 34th year. I, I this will be my eighth straight WrestleMania I'll be attending. It's one of it's my favorite trip of the year, and it's my favorite Sunday of the year. I mean, most of the, I can say there's more good than bad WrestleManias. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's the only time you get casual fans to watch it the same way the Super Bowl does, except it doesn't dis- disappoint as consistently as the Super Bowl does. <laughs> Sure, but um, yeah, WrestleMania. Like, um, what do you have? What any memories you want to share about like hanging out with friends, or do you guys usually just watch it by yourself? Um, I mean, it depends every year. Last year, I watched it at my boy's house, um, for WrestleMania 34, and it was kind of cool when the Hardys came back. And you know, for me, not being a fan of Matt Hardy up until recently, just marking out for a moment, doing the delete stuff was pretty cool. But, I mean, it just depends, give or take. Like, this year, I'm probably just going to watch it at the house since it ends so late now. So, and I wake up early, go to the gym in the morning anyway. So, yeah. But, uh, give or take, it depends. What about you, Ray? Um, Like, my favorite watching Mania memory was watching Mania 25 with Alex. You know, me being the hardcore Shawn Michaels fan, him being the hardcore Undertaker fan. And just that moment is just, like... Something to me that will always be like when my brain fires a slap synopsis, that's gonna like that moment is gonna be one of them. Like just so much fun there. Like, but this year is just me and the fiance watching uh in the house. I think because of the WWE Network, it's taken away a lot of. I mean, I haven't. I've been watching it with seventy, eighty, hundred thousand people because I go over here, so I haven't even experienced mm-hmm. it with the network. But I think because of the network. It's very easy to just watch it at home, relax. You don't have to worry about having a get together. You know, everyone puts in ten bucks, so on and so forth. I think it's a more relaxing feel to watch WrestleMania now. I think. I mean, I haven't experienced it on the network yet, but just guessing because it's only nine ninety nine a month, you're good to go. You don't have to worry about getting a dozen people. And I think people complain. I've had a lot. I've heard a lot of people complain about this year. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. All right, so we'll just get into it now then. Um, add one more thing i just want to say when we're talking like like wrestlemania moments watching and shout out to Vinny on this one but when daniel bryan won the title at wrestlemania 30 i was at his house with uh with ben as well with bird and that right there was like me and Vinny were talking about that on our on our uh top 10 podcast the other day and how crazy it was because the whole time leading up to daniel bryan winning in the back of your mind, you kind of felt like, damn, WWE was going to just screw the fans over and not give Brian the belt. And for him to finally win it, 
after like a six month journey or whatever amount of months it was, it was so cool. It was so emotional to see that. Oh yeah. Then that's going to be in definitely in my mania moments when we discuss in, in a bit. Um, but yeah, you wanted to talk about the the length, and so do I. So, do you guys watch Wrestle Kingdom? I know you do, right, Ruben? Um, I see. I I just wait for the next day to go on YouTube. Okay, same. I'm in Japan world yet? Um, I I subscribed to it last summer for the G1 climax, which was like the best thing I ever did. Um, and then I just unsubscribed for a while. Um, and then this year, I think the day after we had like a blizzard. So I had no work, so I was able to just watch a lot of these matches on YouTube. So I usually just watch them on YouTube. So Wrestle Kingdom is about a seven-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, and yeah, it's it's it it's a long it's a long day. I saw it. I didn't work the day of that blizzard, so it worked out well. So I was able to watch the whole thing. So I mean, I'm used to these long shows, and I think WrestleMania they're starting to go in that direction. I remember last year that um, I read an article. I forgot what website it was that they were talking about how WWE wants WrestleMania to be like Wrestle Kingdom. Everyone thought it'd be in quality of matches, but I think what they meant is that they're, they're starting to lean towards the length of time because they've already announced that this year is going to be from five to twelve a.m. That's insane. So I mean, that's much what it ran last year. I remember. Right after uh, the un- that whole thing with the Undertaker, it was like twelve thirty in the morning. My thing is, at, at least they actually let us know this time. Because I was sitting there in, in the stadium, and I'm like, "Man, they're going over! <laughs> like it's <laughs> really going over!" And like the fact that they at least let us know, I don't have a problem with the time. We got into this big ass debate on my on my on my main event roundtable page. There's a guy that commented how people have to work in the morning, so on and so forth, and then he always complains about everything. So, like, I just, all I said was, I'm like, dude, you have the WWE Network, just watch it in the fucking morning. Like, or just take off the next day. Yeah, I'm like, it's not, it's not that big a deal. Like, I, I don't understand, like, my thing is, is, people always find something to complain about, whether it's movies, whether it's wrestling, sports, yeah. it's, it, it always continue. I think you just have to, like, zone, drown out all that nonsense, all that noise. That's how I feel about it. What, what did you, did you want to add anything to it, Ry? Um, yeah, look, I... This is, this is probably just me, but you could give me a 24-hour wrestling pay-per-view, and if it's good, I will be down. Like, I don't care. Like, I love, like this is my favorite business in the entire world is wrestling. Like, I will watch whatever I will. Like, I'm down. Like, you tell me you're going to give me more. Because I can imagine if I went to five-year-old me, like, hey, one day WrestleMania is going to be seven hours long. He's like, how did we get so hairy? Don't remind that. No. <laughs> um, but he, like the fact that we get more wrestling to me is just more of a blessing. I mean, and, and think of it. It's not like they're going to charge more for Mania. So you're still getting, instead of getting four hours of content, you're getting seven hours of content for the same amount of money. I'm like, it's ridiculous to me. I'm like, it makes sense. And why would you complain? As a wrestling fan, you're getting more. And it's a stacked card. So you know it's going to be good. And if they're doing this, there has to be a good reason. They want to give each match its time it deserves instead of rushing anything. So I think that this WrestleMania is the perfect example of a WrestleMania that needs to be this long, I think. Because there's – I don't know how you feel, Rube, and we're going to get to it in a little bit. But there is no filler in this card. None. None. And I mean, yeah, you have your battle royals and stuff like that. But I'm talking about when you're going to your individual matches, the top matches, most of these matches can main event a regular pay-per-view. Oh, of course, for sure. That's that's what WrestleMania should be all about. 
And the fact that we're getting it this year, and as much as I enjoyed last year's, I think this year can blow last year out of the water. I think this year, the irony that this year is 17 years after the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 17, should give us some. It's there's may, may not be a coincidence that this is so stacked because we're celebrating the 17 year anniversary of the greatest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 17, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll see what happens and we'll get to that in a second. So I just want to go down my, I have five WrestleMania moments that stand out to me. I don't know. I made a list. I don't know if you guys did, but I'm going to count mine down real quick. So I have honorable mentions here. Some of my honorable mentions, I have the Austin era has begun. That was my an honorable mention for me. The I'm sorry I love you moment from WrestleMania 24. And then the boyhood dream from WrestleMania 12. And then Icon versus Icon, WrestleMania 18. So those are my honorable mentions. So my number five, and it's a little low on my list, but it's just in terms of what I feel I was there for, was 21-1 and one when the Undertaker streak was lost. That's my number five. I can see that being that definitely can be like yeah it's it's up there but it's like I argued with Alex who's a big Taker fan oh it's not a, I'm like it's a moment no matter how you look yeah. at it no matter if you're a Taker fan or, or not that is a moment I was there in that building you could hear a pin drop and that's a cliche thing to say but you literally could hear a pin drop <laughs> when Taker lost because everyone was like was it a botch what what happened but then when <laughs> the twenty one and one sign popped up on the scoreboard. Everyone just just like lost their mind, and then the I don't uh, I can speak from personal experience because there were marks sitting next to me. And they're like, "Oh my God, they're gonna give Daniel Bell the belt. They're gonna give Daniel Bryan the belt, but in, but in return they have to take away Dan uh, the Undertaker's streak." I'm like, "Shut up, dude. Just sit down and shut up. Just stop." <laughs> so moving on, my number four is Seth Rollins cashing in because that shit came out of nowhere. Um, it's funny. I think Casey actually called that, if I remember which is correctly. Insane. Shout out to Casey. <laughs> um, my number three is low on some list, but it's still a big moment. It's when Hogan slams Andre. That's a big moment. The reason it's my number three is because he had slammed him previously. But you know how WWE likes to rewrite history? Oh, yeah. So my number two is a personal one because I am a big fan of Macho Man and Elizabeth. But the whole storyline from WrestleMania 7, when he loses that career the career versus career match against warrior. And he doesn't care because at the end of the day, he gets Elizabeth back. I thought that was great. And the crowd, uh, the camera panning out the crowd and people's people are crying. It's just an emotional one for me. My number one WrestleMania moment goes back to what Ruben, Ruben was talking about before. Daniel Bryan wins the, the world title. And the reason is because it was never supposed to happen. Like that storyline that you, Ruben was talking about, that was six months in the making. That wasn't even supposed to get there. It was supposed to be Brian versus Sheamus at WrestleMania. Yep, and Punk too. So. Yeah, and we got to the point where we got to the, where we got that, and that, and for the first time in God knows how long, the company listened to the fans, and it was such a great moment. It was the greatest WrestleMania moment to me, but it's also a very defining moment in the company's future because fans, entitled fans, because most wrestling fans I feel are very entitled it allowed them to think that they could make decisions for the company and they could sway certain decisions that the company makes a la what happened next year with Roman Reigns. But in terms of the moment of the story of how we got there. And to me, Daniel Bryan is the most over wrestler since Austin. Like, 
the fa- the fact that he's able to garner a reaction the way he does, and the fact that, for example, when he he gave that great promo when he returned this week or two weeks ago, and the entire everyone points at that stupid WrestleMania sign, but no, 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 not this time. The crowd pointed at it. Yeah. And in the history of WrestleMania, no one's ever chanted WrestleMania, and Daniel Bryan got everyone to chant WrestleMania, which Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon and Paul Levesque should thank him because they could use that little soundbite in other promo videos now for the for WrestleMania. But yeah, those are my sure. five. Do you guys have any moments you guys want to share? Um, for me, I mean, Boyhood Dream for me is definitely up there because. I'm a lifelong Shawn. Like I said earlier, I'm a lifelong Shawn Michaels. He's my eyes one of the great, the greatest things since sliced bread. Um, he so like seeing that and knowing that you know before then it was still the big guys. You had you know so that was he was one of the ones like with Bret Hart as well. I'm not going to forget him, but to show that it doesn't have to, it's not just a big man sport and how great he was. He was so versatile, whether in ring on the mic. So to see him win it was just awesome. Um, not a lot of people like this, but I will never forget my shock watching it. Uh, the Austin heel turn at WrestleMania 17. Uh, I just was to see the two, like I was a kid. And I think at that point, I, did I, I think kayfabe was still real to me. I can't tell you for sure. So to, like to see those two to be friends, I'm like, what's going on? Like for me was just, I think WrestleMania, I go to 17 and I go to that moment. All right. What about you? Um, Rube? Oh, you have more Ryan. Are you good? No, I think that's it. All right. What about you, Rube? What do you got? So as we were all talking, I figured I, I just jotted down like five, uh, five moments quickly um that kind of just stood out for me um i think the at number five i have austin winning the belt against sean because at that point i feel like it literally it was what a couple weeks later when they finally topped wcw in the ratings but having that having that win having him having stone cold be the guy to lead wwe or f at the time to beat wcw to me that was a turning point more so when tyson showed up that Raw after Royal Rumble, that was a turning point, really. But Austin winning the title solidified it. It was like, all right, you know, get on my back. Let's go. We're beating these guys. Um, number four, I have Savage Elizabeth. That was so, you know, listen to you talk about it, you know, and just me thinking like, wow, it was so emotional. I remember the other day you put on your Instagram and I was like, wow, this was really so emotional. You see people in the crowd really crying and you really don't get that too much in pro wrestling. You don't really see people show that kind of emotion. Only at WrestleMania you see that. So to, you know, Savage, Elizabeth, and that was another one. It was kind of like a two-year build, which started at WrestleMania 5 when he left Elizabeth. Then Dusty brings her out at 6. And, you know, Savage is like, yeah, I don't want to see this lady. Like, why are you bringing her back? And then WrestleMania 7, she's there. And in the end, when Savage lost everything, the girl that you know, the woman that loved her, that, you know, the woman that he loved since day one, that really loved him for who he was, just came back. Whatever. Yeah. So that's number four. Number three, Daniel Bryan, you know, winning at WrestleMania 30. That was huge. Um, Overcoming, beating Evolution in one night. Number two, I have Hogan slamming Andre. I think 
if not for that moment, WrestleMania three, WrestleMania becomes a dud because the build to WrestleMania three is what drew ninety three thousand. But if Hogan doesn't slam Andre, WrestleMania is not WrestleMania. Simple as that. And finally, number one, I'm gonna go the streak because. I don't think anyone realized that the streak was going to end that night, just like you touched on earlier, Dave. So to me, that was probably the best moment in WrestleMania. Oh, one thing I actually just remembered. Um, to me, I know it's, I'm not going to say it's one. It's like top ten at least. Uh, seeing NWO and DX in the same in the same ring at WrestleMania. It was cool, like, but it was like twenty years too late. I hate. I hated that. It was much. I mean, it needed it. It needed it for that match. And it was a yeah. bunch of Gaga, but like I, I didn't mind it. I, I marked out for it at the, no, at the I, event. I, I, I hated it because at the end of the day, Sting was never really NWO. Just at, like, just in the Wolfpack, <laughs> and that's it. I mean, like, come on, like, I don't really count that. Like to me, the NWO was Hogan Hall, Nash, X Pac, Big Show, like the early days of it. Like it would have been. I know it sounds stupid, but it would have been cool if like. You'd have like Goldberg and Booker T come out because there's like WCW guys. No, but I, I, I agree with you. But I get it. You know, it's the whole DX thing, the NWO thing, whatever. I get it. But I don't know. I guess I'm being too technical about it. No, no, you're not. I totally, I, I, I totally yeah, see, I see where you're point. coming from. All right. So moving on to our top five WrestleMania matches, I have some honorable mentions. And Rye, you're about to kick my ass. So Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker is an honorable mention. What? Yeah, I I don't I don't put that match on the level that everyone else does. It's not even it's not even their best. I don't think it's their best match together. So, their best match together is the Hell in a Cell from '97, and I don't. And to me, I don't even think it's close. One because I'm like I mentioned earlier when we first started, I am more of a storyline driven kind of guy. Yeah, I love the in ring work; it's important, obviously. But the fact that there was a story told within the match, and it and it, it ended one story and began the other with Kane and Taker, I think that and the, the high spot in that uh, that match still was important to the overall story told in the match. I thought that match was superior to a twenty five. I'd never i I just never felt any sense of doubt that the Undertaker was going to win at twenty five. It was still an excellent match. I mean, I just don't think it's it's probably it's definitely my top ten. Sorry. I, need, I need like the, a pre-recorded guy is what for when he's not here. Listen, here. at least I gave you <laughs> at least I gave you a reason why I didn't just throw no, garbage I, out I, there. I, I respect, and that's I disagree with a few things. I do feel like there was a good story told in that match, and I definitely believe that HBK had a shot. I'm like, oh my god, that was oh I did I didn't I. If if Taker was gonna lose that streak, I always thought it was gonna be to someone like Punk or some young guy, and you know Lesnar. Le- I think. Rube talks about long-term story. I think the Undertaker streak ending at WrestleMania 30 culminates on Sunday in the Superdome because well, of course. that's why they had Reigns beat him last year. Yeah, so the two guys that beat that beat the take beat Undertaker are gonna fight it out at Mania. I think it culminates next on Sunday. Right. Yeah, that makes but, sense. But um, what uh, my other honorable mentions? I have uh more for the story, but I thought this was Warrior's best match. I have actually Macho Man and Warrior. From WrestleMania Seven. Oh, that's a good one. I also yeah. have Macho Man and Flair from WrestleMania Eight, and I have yeah. a. And then my last honorable mention is actually 
the ladder match from WrestleMania 10. Uh, Shawn Michaels oh, and Razor such a good match. Yeah, for real. So my five, I actually have a tie for five. Uh, I have Owen and Brett to still the greatest opening match in WrestleMania history. And Shawn sure. Michaels and Kurt Angle. That's my number five. Uh, my number four is Austin versus The Rock from WrestleMania 17. My number three is Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match. My number two is Austin versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13. And then my cliche number one is Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat. Because um, I think if people look back in 1987, this was before Steamboat and Flair. No one was wrestling the way Steamboat and Savage wrestled on that night. I think they not only created a style that pretty much is how wrestlers wrestle nowadays, but they had the balls to lay out a match this good and this different. And now when people look at every WrestleMania, they look at who's going to have the Savage Steamboat spot because of how great, how in, how influential that match was. And to me, I think it's the greatest match in WrestleMania history. All right. You guys sound off. I know you, I know Taker, <laughs> Taker Michaels, number one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, and close number two is definitely, uh, Austin Rock at 17. I mean, just, I mean, you want to talk, telling the story in that match and telling the story leading up to that match. Like that, I want to say is probably one of Stone Cold's best promos was the one using the uh, video package. Which one? Though? I mean, you ha- they made Limp Bizkit look real cool in that video package. Oh, really? oh yeah, they made me a Limp Bizkit fan for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, I, I got to cut you off. Uh, Rue, what do you think about Limp Bizkit in the Hall of Fame? I'd be okay with that. More than Kid Rock. More than Kid Rock, I think. It's Kid Rock. It's not necessary. I don't know. <laughs> For me to have a celebrity wing, he has to get physical and do something in the ring. Simple right. as that. And you ha- and it has to be meaningful, too, let me just add. So you, Stephen so Amell doesn't get a pass. So you're not you're not cool with the Bob Euchre? No, I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> not Pete Rose, either. None of that stuff. Nah, man. No. Pete Rose took some bumps, though. Yeah, no. Pete Rose, I, if anyone... All right, but Pete Rose over Drew Carey, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. All right, I mean, uh, Ryan, keep going if you have any more. Um, I really love the uh, Undertaker Triple H on the cell with Shawn Michaels, and again, the un- like the Undertaker Triple H at seventeen. That was also a great, great match. Um, the match Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels in the Iron Man match. And then it's just so funny watching that match, knowing what happens in the future with an Iron Man match between the two for the belt. And it's, I recently uh, watched it like last week and I'm like, this is just awesome. I actually love the um, fact that that match was zero zero and it had to go into overtime. Yeah. I think yeah. that, that was added the to great it. thing about it. Ryan, why is Savage Steamo not on your list? I'm no, it is like, like I, oh, you mentioned. It. I'm trying to think. I'm honestly right now just trying to think of matches that you haven't mentioned yet, like that, because I feel like the ones on yours are obvious ones as well. Like I agree. Like I agree. Um, so I'm more trying my head go through ones that haven't been mentioned. Yet. All right, while um, you're doing that, uh, Rube, what do you got? Well, for honorable mention, I have two. I have a uh, Taker Triple H WrestleMania 20, uh, WrestleMania 28. Clearly. The best of their three matches. Yep, agreed. 
The next one I have is TLC at WrestleMania 17. Man, I forgot about that. Yep, that I would oh, throw yeah. it in my honorable mention. That's a good one. I mean, to me, we talk about Austin and Rock in WrestleMania 17, but that TLC, you talk about the Steamboat Savage spot, that TLC match takes the, takes the, the Steamboat Savage uh, match of the night kind of deal. And throws it up. I, kinda, I guess it's kind of, you know, some people may say it's cheating because there's props involved. I don't give a damn. You know, these three were the best three tag teams in all of wrestling at that time. They deserved it. And it really spun off, what, Edge, one of the best, you know, one of the best uh, wrestlers and best heels to come out of that. Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy. So, yeah, I definitely got to have those two matches as my honorable mention. Which Uh, is the best? Sorry to cut you off. What do you guys think is a better TLC match? SummerSlam 2000 or? uh, No, TLC 2. TLC 2. Yeah. It had the most memorable spot with Edge in that ladder and that spear off the with Jeff Hardy hanging. Very true. So. Yeah. So number five, I have Austin Rock, uh, WrestleMania 17. Number four, I have HBK and Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. All right. That is a classic. People forget me. about it. You know. You notice that no one talks about it anymore. True. Yeah. Oh, uh, HBK. I mean, I'm sorry, HBK. Uh, Lesnar Angle is also phenomenal. Yeah, that's a very good match, too. That is definitely one of the all-time best matches. Um, number three on my list, Brett and Owen. Uh, the story, the story, you know, Owen winning, Brett then winning the belt later on, and Owen just standing there like, you son of a bitch. The I whole, the whole story, I don't yeah. know, if, the whole story of that pay-per-view, and I'll get into it later, but, like, more in depth, but, like, the fact that Owen thinks he finally out, you know, he finally outdid his big brother, but Brett wins the title in the end. And Owen comes out like, you motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, number two, Savage Steamboat. And, you know, one thing about this match that I thought was interesting, it's a fun fact. I believe it's on the Savage uh, documentary. Oh, that they scripted the whole match together? Yeah, man. The fact that they scripted that and they memorized it. That's like that. I don't know. That's brilliance right there. Because to listen, my memory sometimes is shot. I can't even remember sometimes what I'm supposed to do when I'm leaving my office and going somewhere else or whatever when I'm at work. But, you know, for Savage and Steamboat to remember that move for move. All right, this is what we're going to do here. Then we go here. Then we go here. That's perfect, man. Just And just to see the masterpiece that it created, the story that they had leading up to that match, it was perfect. And then, number one, I'm going to have Taker Michaels 2. Not one. Really? Two. I think one was the better. Was the better was the best match of the two. But there was a story into Shawn Michaels' desperation to fight Undertaker and end the streak. And he did it, and he was so desperate to the point that he was willing to risk it all. And even though he lost, which was fitting, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. That story they told was was just perfect. All right. So anything else you want to add, Ray, or you're good? Um, I, no, I was just going to say... I have to say, though, with uh, 25, it, uh, that is probably one of my favorite entrances with Sean coming down from the heavens oh, and, take her and the Taker coming up. Like, oh, I'm like, that is yeah. just... You have to reverse What is it. the best entrance? In WrestleMania history? That's a good question. Yeah. Man, that, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's a... I'm, I, I got it. Thinking off the spot, it's probably something Triple H did. Because <laughs> he, he's like... <laughs> Something Triple H did too, but 
But like that's always going to be a given since he's. No, Cena used to have some good ones though. I actually didn't like any of them that, that Cena did. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of any of them. Um, man, now you got me thinking. I'm gonna have to go with something <laughs> triple. I'll just I, I'm just gonna be like I'm gonna cheat and say something Triple H did and call it a day. Shawn Michaels coming down from the rafters, like. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, and then finishing off our best of, I'm gonna do our my top five WrestleManias of all time. Honorable mention WrestleMania four, and like Rube mentioned before, it's not a great WrestleMania if you really look at it. There's no great matches on it, but the whole storyline of the tournament, the whole storyline of what got to the tournament with the Hebners, with the with. You know, Million Dollar Man buying the WWF title was was great. And the fact that DiBiase was slated to win, I guess, at first, and then plans changed and Savage won because I think Savage was supposed to win the IC title back from Honky Talk Man, but he didn't want to drop the title to him. I think it worked out in the long run because he had a great mania moment there. Um, Another one, I'm not a big fan of the overall show, but I think the Eddie Guerrero... Kurt Angle match and the Benoit triple threat match. I think that needs to be oh, yeah. talked about a little bit there. But my five are in this order. So I have most recently I have WrestleMania 31 because I think this is one of those cards. Oh, and then last year WrestleMania 33 was is up there for me too because it was surprisingly really good from top to bottom. Um, yeah. 31 balanced from beginning to end. I think there was the latter match is great. The, the Seth Rollins versus um, Randy Orton match is really good, and then you oh, had, yeah. and then you had that twist at the end. Until then, the Brock Lesnar Roman Roman Reigns match was actually really good too. And then, right. you know, you asked Seth Cash in. I thought that was really well done too. And then the first time you see Ronda Rousey, and Ronda Rousey was fucking over as shit. I don't know if you guys remember, but she was extremely over. So my number four is WrestleMania 30. We've talked about it before. The whole Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. My number three is WrestleMania 19. My number two is WrestleMania 10. And then my number one is WrestleMania 17. What do you guys got? Uh, you go first, Ruben. All right. So my honorable mention, I have... Hold on. Let me just look. At, all right. So I have uh, two honorable mentions, uh, WrestleMania 14 and WrestleMania 3. Okay. WrestleMania 14, as I stated earlier, the whole Austin era is the beginning of Taker and Kane, that whole story, Mike Tyson being involved. Uh, WrestleMania 3, Hogan, Andre, 93,000, Savage, uh, Savage Steamboat, for sure. Those are my two honorable mentions. Uh, at 5, I stated earlier, WrestleMania 4. And then at 4, WrestleMania 5, just because of the whole Mega Power story. Uh, I think it was great how they put that together. Um, top three, WrestleMania 30 at, uh, three, WrestleMania 19 at number two. I mean, I think when you look at the roster that, that WWE had going into WrestleMania 19, when you have Undertaker, number two, number two on the card, yeah, on the card, it shows you how stacked that roster really was. We had Austin Rock, the trilogy, HBK Jericho, Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, which was a great match. Yeah, man, it's so underrated. And then so here, I don't know, I, I don't know if you heard uh, last week's episode, uh, two weeks ago on uh, something to wrestle with, the spot where Vince McMahon pops his head up. From yes, the then that was that was a shoot. Yeah, man, just to know that that was a shoot, I was like, wow, that 
it made me just love that match so much more. And then the world title match, uh, not well, the WWE title match, not the world title. Match. That was probably the worst match, the worst match on the show. <laughs> yeah, it definitely yeah, was. Okay. Uh, but no, Brock Lesnar angle, the main event, that was perfect as well. And then number one, WrestleMania 17 goes without saying. All right, and then Ry, can you complete the WrestleMania um, 17 trilogy here? Yeah. Um, honorable mention. I actually just have the. I'm just going to do the one. Uh, I'm going to give it to 16. It, 16 is think, garbage, dude. No, here's why. Hear me out, though. I the ladder match is great. I and it's also the first uh, mania for both Angle. Uh, Jericho and Ben Juan, they had one hell of a match. A so I just want to give it a little bit of love. Um, for me, it goes 14, 30, 3, 12, and 17, obviously. Okay. So we all run now with 17. Hopefully, 34 makes one of our list after Sunday. So we'll see what happens. So transitioning into finishing up today's special podcast, we're going to look at the card of WrestleMania 34. And we're going to see. Actually, do you want to do a quick NXT predictions before sure. we get to yeah. it? All right. So the card is this the most stacked takeover has ever been? I think so. This is the best talent NXT has had as a yeah. total. I I remember everyone saying that no, this is you know after the big guys left like Joe Balor, Nakamura, so on and so forth that they were done. But man, this this card is stacked. So uh, we'll start with uh, Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. I got Shayna winning that title this time. Oh, yeah. Shayna's winning. What do you got, yeah, Rube? I got Shayna as well. I think one thing about NXT is they make their title changes too predictable. Yeah, I agree. You just know that someone's coming up and they're losing the belt. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Moon's going to be in the Battle royal? Yeah, I do. Yeah, for sure. That's why it was kind of cool that like when Nakamura dropped it to Joe, they kind of went back and forth for a while. It was like, you know. I think the most surprising title change they've ever done was when Amos beat McIntyre. I didn't oh, see, yeah. I didn't see yeah. that shit coming. <laughs> um, next up on the card, we have I will do the tag titles, the triple threat for the tag titles and the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So I got the Undisputed Era versus the Authors of Pain versus Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. I think the OAOP is coming up, and I just don't see yeah. Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne winning the winning the titles. So I'm gonna go with the Undisputed Era, which are, which is gonna be Adam Cole because he's doing double duty and Kyle O'Reilly. Right. So yeah, gonna... I think yeah, I, like I want I, I'm a fan of Undisputed Era, so I'm trying to not be biased, but I'm also thinking I'm like yeah, the, the one uh, Dunne has the UK title. I doubt they're gonna give him double straps. Um. So yeah, I just see them coming out rosy so all you, night. So you got undisputed winning. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on to the the un, the first, the ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. Four of my favorites: Adam Cole, EC3, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream, and Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane. I think it's the top one percent. EC3. Is gonna win that title, either EC3 or the Velveteen Dream. If I have to pick two, those are my two to win. I think yeah. Cole is gonna be the first guy to hold two titles in NXT. Really? That'll be interesting. Yeah. I love Adam Cole, so I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'm a huge Adam Cole fan myself, um, and I think he's gonna be the first guy to hold two titles. I mean, why not? I think that I don't know if he's gonna end up getting 
the NXT title because I think, you know, they're going to give it a black. And I feel like at some point, maybe Velveteen Dream gets a, gets a, uh, gets a run with the belt. I feel like Adam Cole, instead of not getting the NXT world title, he ends up being the first to hold two titles. So he'll hold the tag team title of Kyle O'Reilly. They'll retain there. And then winning the North American title. Nice. That's a good prediction on that. What do you got, Ry? See, I I really, really dig that idea, actually. I was going to go with Velveteen, but you kind of just talked me into Adam Cole. No, that's a really um, good idea. But see, and here's my thing with that kind of annoyed me because – I'm a fan of Killian, but you don't he have would. the leader. You would like him. He is garbage. <laughs> I I dig his look. Like I I I'm not saying I'm a fan. I just dig him. Like I don't have anything against him. But I wish it was Ey instead of him. Like it should have been the should have been the leader. Sanity. Yeah, sanity. I agree with you. Like All that's right. what annoyed me. I'm like that would have made the match even better. <laughs> so this one, I'm just gonna say black. Anyone disagree? Black versus Almas. Anyone disagree? No, but it's gonna be a hell of a match. Uh, black. Yeah, Black. One more thing. Yeah, what's up? Um, in regards to the North American title, to add to my predictions, I feel that by at some point this year, I mean, since, since uh, Bobby Fish is out, um, it was report. I, I read the report today that he was out with a torn ACL, probably going to be out for the year. Um, I think we get a Ring of Honor uh, rehash of a storyline with Kyle O'Reilly and, and Bobby Cole. Fish. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. And I think it ends up being them two for the North American title at some point this year, maybe even early next year for the takeover before Royal Rumble. A nice or SummerSlam too. Right. That right. that could work, yeah. All right. And then main event, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. It's gonna be match of the night easily, I think. And I got Gargano winning that. I think I want Gargano, I do, but I think Ciampa, I think and they're just gonna have Gargano come up. I would hate. Yeah. I would. I see where you're coming from. I just really would hate it though because Gargano hasn't really won a big match in like forever. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's going to be Ty Dillinger the hell yeah, out of him man, if he comes up right not. now. I think he should go to 205 <laughs> Live if he does when he does come up. But that's another story. But what do you think, Rube? I think Tommaso Ciampa wins because I think that this story is going to end up continuing. I think this is WWE's version of. The Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn rivalry. Like, this is the rivalry that, you know, Kevin, if you obviously for listeners following Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn throughout their career, Ring of Honor, you know, it dates back to Ring of Honor, that whole rivalry. And I think WWE is trying to sort of re, uh, create that here with Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, them being a tag okay. team, one turning on the other. Um, I think it continues in the Cruiserweight division. Um, I think they both get called up after this match and then it continues in the cruiserweight division nice so we got surprisingly i thought we would be all the same on gargano champa but that's interesting so we'll see what happens on sunday now moving on to the main card for wrestlemania so i guess we'll start up with the battle royals so the andre the giant memorial battle royal who knows who's gonna win it's probably gonna be on the pre-show but if it if it is i guess i'll go with I don't know. I'll go with a surprise. I'll go with someone like if Elias is not Braun's partner, Elias wins. There you go. That's my that's my prediction. I'm saying Matt Hardy. What do you got, Rube? Yeah, I mean, damn, those are two really good ones. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to go with Elias, too, man. He's over, like, he's over right now. And so over, yeah. Last few months, I think since SummerSlam. I remember being at SummerSlam and how over he was when he came out. So I'm going to go with Elias on this one. All right. Moving on Real next. Quick, what's up? We never actually talked about it, and this is a perfect place because it kind of was a mini movie. What was your exact thoughts on uh, their version of Nonstop Deletion? It was fine. It wasn't as good as TNA, but at least, you know. It wasn't bad. It's somewhere yeah. in the middle. There you go. It's good on the. Have you watched it just the one time, or have you rewatched? I can't. I don't want to rewatch it. It's better on the rewatch. I'll say that. At least for me, I enjoyed it more. All right. I wasn't a fan of the first one when it first came out because I wasn't all in on the whole uh, broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Up until like later on, I jumped the bandwagon later on. But watching yeah. this one and then watching the other one, the other one clearly was much better. The production value on this was so much better, though, which is expected. Yes. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the Women's Battle Royal, we got um, – I got Becky Lynch. She's been – they've been pushing her a little bit on SmackDown. And it kind of sets up her fe- a ready-made feud for Asuka when she – you know, if she wins the title. Or Charlotte if she retains. Interesting. I'm- I'm actually going to say Amber Moon if she comes. I hate Amber Moon, so I'll never pick her for anything. So you don't have to worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> I'm going to go Sasha Banks. I think Sasha Banks uh, dumps Haley. Uh, Haley, hear me, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I think she needs Bailey and goes full-fledged heel. I mean, uh-huh. if she hasn't already. I mean, I... I think last week they turned her, but who knows? Can we get a Sasha's Ratchet chant? I'm going to have to try to start that at Mania. Bring that <laughs> chant back. I haven't heard that chant in a while. All right. So the Cruiserweight title, anyone disagree on Cedric? I haven't watched. I don't watch 205 Live, to be completely honest. I think Cedric was supposed to beat Enzo at the Rumble, so I think they're just going to crown him at Mania. That's pretty much all I say on that. Yeah, I think Cedric wins too, but can we make a case for him not winning? Sure, go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, damn, I'm bombing his. I'm bombing his name because there's so many guys in the. Who, who's the guy he's fighting against? Mustafa, there's so many. Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali. That guy is really good, though. I may have forgotten his name, but that guy is really <laughs> good. Like I watch him on Raw, and the guy's really good. He can go and he can do a sick uh, reverse 450. So I mean, I could see him winning and getting a nice little heel run out of it. But I think it's made for Cedric Alexander to win. Yeah, I don't. I I would be surprised, but can we say this? That's going to be the opening match of the pre-show. And then oh just, yeah, okay. of course. All right, now we get to let's see what should, what title match should we cover? Let's do the tag titles because that's pretty predictable. I think Braun and TBD is going to beat Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, I think it's going to be Big Show. No, that wouldn't be bad. I mean, I don't mind Big Show, but I I, I think it needs to be someone that can take the pin when they lose the titles. No, I'm talking. I said no, Samoa Joe. Oh, Samoa Joe, uh, that would Joe be, would be that awesome. would be really good. I would mark out. <laughs> who? Would, all right, how about this? We're playing the who we would like. Who wouldn't we like? I'm gonna go with Big Cass because I can't stand Big Cass. Yeah. yeah, no, no Big Cass. I agree there. Who wouldn't I like? Yeah. I'm gonna say uh, Ellsworth. Actually, <laughs> you know what, man? I think that would have been the best one. Because that that would make sense. That would. So- See that because Joe deserves a WrestleMania spot. <laughs> oh, you know what we didn't think of? Why if Joe wins that battle royal and Elias is the partner oh. and Joe wins the battle royal? Yeah, Joe. 
it's not that memorable though. Like it's not. It's that, never uh, been. I think big, the, it's not a bit of a big deal. Like I feel like it was when they first did when Cesaro won, and then that's it. Built him up, and then they just like, yeah, okay, we're it done. It was a wrap. All right, so next title match, we're gonna go to the SmackDown tag title match, and I heard. And I read somewhere last week that this is supposed to be a TLC match. I'm going to go with New Day. And then they'll drop the titles to the Bludgeon Brothers eventually. Especially if it's a ladder match. Because the New Day really... They've been one of the best tag teams of our generation. One of the most... Like, this wasn't supposed to work. I've been a New Day fan since before before the hype train began. And it wasn't supposed to work. And it worked. And they really, despite all their great moments, longest reigning tag champs of all time... They've never had a WrestleMania moment, and I think this could be the WrestleMania moment to win the titles if if it is a ladder match. So I got New Day winning the tag titles here. Um, you know what? You convinced me. <laughs> I'm gonna go New Day as well. I mean, if it's gonna be a, a TLC match, I'm gonna go New Day. If it's just a regular triple threat, I'm gonna say the Bludgeon Brothers. Yep, I would agree with you as well. If they, but I I think since Backlash is only three weeks after Mania. I think they you they might win and then drop it to the Bludgeon Brothers then. That's what I think. But we'll see what happens. All right, moving on. We're going to the Raw Women's title. Anyone not have Nia Jax? I no. think I think Bliss wins somehow. Dude, that the only the only way I see Bliss winning is if Bliss wins by DQ and then Nia Jax beats the shit out of her. And then Carmella cashes in on her and switches brands to Raw. That would wow, that's that would be dope actually. <laughs> yeah, I could see that as well, especially now all the B pay per views are going to be like dual branded. I could definitely see that. And um, then, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss by like a fluke win. Okay, what do you got, Ron? You got Nia as well. I had Nia, but I really like that idea of the cash-in and everything. It would be fun. It'd be something different. And they never specified when when Carmella won its, the, the Money in the Bank that it had to be SmackDown. So. Exactly. All right. And then now we go to the women's, one of the high, most highly anticipated matches. Actually, I'm going to give more props to this match because it's really high up on the card for me. Let's just switch to the U.S. title match. Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode versus Jinder, Jinder Mahal versus Rusev. People would say Rusev was added because he's going to win. I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm going to go with Bobby Roode turning heel and winning the title back. I hope so. I really do. But then, if the rumor that I heard is true, Rusev is supposed to be getting a major push after Mania. I hope it's Rusev. Like, my heart says Rusev if I have to go with my... You know what? I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go with Rusev. I really, really I'm hoping Bobby. All right. What do you got, Rube? I'm going to go Randy Orton because I feel that once the shakeup occurs, the U.S. title is going to Raw, and whoever comes out as Intercontinental Champion is going, uh, unless unless Miz keeps it, is going to SmackDown. Okay. All right, so we'll just right hop into that one. Uh, Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. This might be a sleeper of the night. might not be the best match, but it might be a real sleeper. I think this should open Mania. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, why not? Open Mania. Um, but yeah, I got. I'm gonna go with my boy. I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins. I also there's a spoil. Uh, you know how WWE happens to leak things early. Yeah. Uh, there's a leak that Seth Rollins is wrestling uh, Finn Balor in a ladder match in Ireland or something like that next month. I'm gonna go Seth Rollins because I think he ends up winning that winning that title and then goes to, to SmackDown. Smack- okay. To yeah, because I feel like if they're gonna bring AJ to Raw. 
for the shakeup. You need and Daniel Bryan's on SmackDown. I think it's good to have Rollins on SmackDown as well. All right. What do you got, uh, Rye? I'm actually gonna go against and gonna. I'm hoping Miz, but I'm thinking Balor. Okay. I think Balor really did, needs that title, but yeah. Rollins could have his first mid card title. He's never had a mid card title before because that U.S. title run he was world champion at the time, so it was more like a filler. He never was actually representing the mid card with that title. All uh, right, so moving on. Now we can get to a Charlotte versus Asuka. Now, I have a theory to this. As- Charlotte lost to Natty. Charlotte's been really, really losing on a consistent basis more than after since wrestling with Ru- Ruby at the pay-per-view. Asuka and Charlotte are fighting tomorrow in the Mixed Match Challenge Finals, and Asuka's probably going to win. So... It wouldn't shock me I, if Charlotte beats Asuka. Mm. And she she goes the flare route and does what her father does, you dirtiest player in the game, and she turns heel on Asuka and beats Asuka. I think another thing, too, is that WWE really hasn't presented Asuka in a dominating fashion the way that they should. She's been very competitive with people she shouldn't be competitive with. And yeah. it kind of takes away from the the glamour of this match because Asuka should be killing everybody. Now, this is just me thinking and just reading into things. You know, the the common sense thing would say would be to say Asuka, but I'm gonna I'm gonna this might be my wild prediction of the night. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Charlotte Charlotte wins. I'm guessing uh, you guys think Asuka, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think Asuka, I think it's pretty much I think it's a foregone conclusion. I think Asuka just wins the belt. Yeah, I may be over. Yeah. I may be overthinking. I may, I may change my mind by Sunday. But, but uh, it's, it's it's fair to flare. I mean, I can see it, right? I can see it play out that way. I just think too, if if they're going the route that I heard they're going with Oscar versus Ronda next year, that's cool. But I think that WrestleMania 35 should have Charlotte versus Ronda. I think that's the money match, not Oscar. Oh yeah, them should be in it. So that's what I think. But like I said, we'll see what happens. All right, moving on to our mixed tag t- mixed tag matches now. Uh, Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Steph. Anyone not have Ronda and Kurt Angle? No, I think they're winning. They're actually, it's funny you mentioned that because there's a promo on Raw. I have, I have my TV on mute, but they have like a whole promo segment with these two. I think Ronda Rousey and Angle win. I, and I think, uh, I think Ronda Rousey surprises people. I think yep. she does really well. I think... Kurt Angle being trained by Kurt Angle. I think that people, I have a lot of boys that are into UFC and they don't like Ronda Rousey for the way she went out. And they have this thing that like they have to, they think she's just terrible now. Like you just, she did a lot and people have short term memory when it comes to certain things because they want to dislike someone. She did a lot for UFC. And I think full, full circle, if you really look at it, her dominance in the UFC opened the eyes of WWE. Like maybe we should give these women a chance. So I, I never believed that that hashtag give divas a chance. I think it was more, damn, Ronda Rousey's making UFC a lot of money. Why don't we do this with our women? So I think for sure. the women's division would for not sure. be what it is if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey. Not just the UFC, the WWE women's division. If you look at the whole picture, I think the importance of Ronda Rousey goes into UFC and the WWE. So, But, yeah, I got Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. And I think I agree with you, Rube. I think she surprises a lot of people. Yeah. See. Common sense is telling me to go with you guys, but I can also see an angle where 
they have Kurt take the fall, and it makes Kurt look bad, and they try to and they mess with it that way, like oh, Kurt costs you your first match, and it kind of gives also a little bit more to her story and said, well, I'm coming here to try it, and I got my first match. I would have said that if Triple H didn't bury Kurt Angle last week in his promo. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Kurt Angle since, what, Survivor Series? Yeah, for real. I I wouldn't be shocked if it's a double submission. Like, Kurt Angle has Triple H in the ankle lock, and then uh, Ronda has Steph in the armbar, and they both tap out at the same time. Yeah, you know what's funny? I thought about that. I think it was like two weeks ago, because what made me think about that was, uh, surprisingly, it was an impact match. It was uh, Cody and his wife, Brandy, versus Bennett and Maria Canellis, where they both made, uh, where they both made uh, you know, Maria and Michael Bennett tap. So, oh, cool. So, so, yeah, that would be an interesting finish. Um, what do you think of uh, Steph as in-ring? I She's not like – she's as clumsy as her father, and her father had good matches. So Leader of the women's revolution. So – I'm not a fan of Stephanie McMahon as a character. I'm a fan of her work outside the ring. But I don't give two shits about her character. I think that she is awful when it comes to actually getting her comeuppance. I feel like the authority when they lose, they never bring it up on TV again, and they just come back and they're back and they're back in in power, and it really doesn't make any sense. So what is the effect? It's like you beat Flair one night, but Flair's gonna come back and talk shit the next day. Yeah, I guess you're right. I never looked at it like that. I just feel like. I see where her father always had his comeuppance, right? But she never does, and I don't count getting hit through a table because you and Hunter are going on vacation the next day. Right. That doesn't count. So, like, I I feel like she never has her comeuppance. So, but outside the ring, I think she's great. All well, right. you gotta understand. You gotta understand too. I mean, with Vince, there was you know, it's always Austin. There was always Rock. There was always Triple H at times. Ronda Rousey, I'm, I'm not Ronda. Stephanie never had a female that could really step up to her. That's why I kind of, I kind of like, you know, Ronda Rousey in this situation because Ronda Rousey is really the only person that can step up. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I see what you mean. Um, and moving on to the <clears throat> next tag match, we have uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus KO and Sammy. I don't think Shane McMahon's going to wrestle. I think he will be substituted by who? Who knows? I wouldn't be shocked if it's Kane and they do like a Team Hell No reunion probably be i prefer him over ziggler because i cannot stand Dolph ziggler um this samoa joe to come back this would be cool yeah and then he'd do the right. transition to, to smackdown already but uh i can't it's wwe so you never say never despite the stipulation i cannot see daniel bryan losing in his first match back i think that daniel bryan and whoever his partner is if it is shane win the match and then i think Sami Zayn comes back as Generico, and they finally put that gimmick to use. And I think that Kevin Owens just goes to Raw, and they split them up. I would like that. I think, that... I think, Kevin, I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win. I think Shane takes the fall. And I think with the superstar shakeup, I think Kevin Owens ends up going to Raw anyway. Sami Zayn stays on SmackDown. See, then I would... I If that was the case, then I would really not want Daniel Bryan to lose his first match because of if they're going to move him anyway why not just have them lose and have them go to Raw because they're fired they're not right. fired from the company they're fired from Smackdown kayfabe wise so but I would it this one's a scary pick because of the stipulation but I don't know I just I his first match back I don't think they start him off the way they finished him off with not having it like not giving the fans what they want with him I I 
be shocked, especially since return match where he won the world title four years yeah. ago. So I don't know, but we'll see yeah. what happens. I mean, you got to think of it though. The fans want Brian in the ring. He doesn't have to necessarily win. I fans think the crowd. I I don't think I agree with you, but I don't think the crowd would. I knowing fans and marks the way they are, I don't think they're going to like that at all. If Brian comes in and loses, because it's like his culmination and now his redemption in the same ring. So I don't know. This one's a toss up in terms of what W how WWE is thinking at the moment or what Vince McMahon is thinking at the moment. Like if he had his uh, what does he eat? what what does Pritchard say he eat? pasta? Yeah. Oh, well, Vince. Yeah. Oh, no. Steak, his steak. Yeah, as long as he has a steak, maybe he'll be in a good mood. Maybe, God damn it, God damn it, pal! <laughs> Put Daniel <laughs> Bryan over. I want a medium rare. Pronouns. <laughs> what do you got, uh, Raya? You with Sammy and Ko? I am going. To, I'm going to go with your idea. I do that because I think that would work the best. Is put Ko back on Raw. Um. Split them up, have them separate. You gave them now their WrestleMania moment. They had their team. They feuded. Everything's fine. We've done as much as we can with can't with KO and Sammy for the time being as we can. And yeah, to hype up Daniel Bryan to go and have him come back and have him be back in uh, where he won the title, like it would just it would cause a almost a riot. <laughs> I agree. All right, so moving on to the the main events. Uh, we're just going to do Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns first because that's the most obvious one. Um, I got Roman Reigns. Does anyone not have Roman Reigns? Uh, Brock's going bye-bye for a while. Okay. <laughs> so this is what I wanted to say before. So if all contracts, you know, being what they be, it would be a great surprise if it go we go back to like a similar situation to Survivor Series 2002. Where Paul Heyman screws over Brock Lesnar to win the title for Big for Big Show to win the title, and something similar happens here, and then Paul Heyman joins with Roman Reigns. That would be fucking awesome. Uh that would be dope. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the ending a lot of people wanted at WrestleMania 31, um, but we didn't get that. I think that I think that's what we're gonna get. I don't know why. I just get the same feeling. I mean. You know, at some, I, I feel like this whole Lesnar run has kind of ran its course. I don't see any other person for him to feud with. I think it's time for him to just move on and do the UFC thing. Vince needs to just grow a pair and just, you know, continue to move on without Brock and stop relying on Brock and, you know, build up guys like Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe and Braun Strowman. So I think Reigns wins. Um, and I think Heyman does turn on him, yeah. I think that's the big heel turn. I think a lot of people may expect Shane, maybe Shane, to go heel in that tag team match. I don't see heel Shane. Well, because of the the tension with him and Brian, one of them could go, either Brian or Shane. It would be bad, though, because, I mean, Brian is over, and he just came back. So I think the big heel turn would be in uh, the Universal title match. And it it should be, like, something subtle, like, Lesnar just trips over Lesnar and then Reigns hits like 42 spears and then that's it. Yeah. All right. So main event time, we have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, it's probably the hardest match to call. I got AJ winning that title or retaining the title. Um, it's just stuff I've been seeing on SmackDown. They've kind of like created this storyline where Nakamura is this arrogant challenger and AJ seems like the 
unconfident champion. And I feel like we, we're going to have this great match, which I think will be the match of the night and might be one of the match of the year. And I just feel that AJ may do something, whether it's turn heel completely or do plant the seeds of an eventual heel turn and have AJ retain the title. I feel like with all, almost every, t- there's nine title matches. I don't think we're going to have nine new champions. I just can't see that. It's never happened before, so I don't think... Yeah, I was about to ask, has that ever happened where every title changes? Every title... There has been pay-per-views where every title has has changed hands, but not nine. (laughs) That would be insane. Yeah, I just just can't... I just don't see it. I think if there is a champion that retains, uh, I'm more confident in saying AJ than I am with Charlotte, obviously. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go with AJ retaining here. What do you got, Roy? I think AJ, I think AJ, um, not that he's had like a bad win-lose streak, but he hasn't had the best, and I think he can use this. Uh, Nakamura is just really starting to come into his own, I feel, on uh, on SmackDown. I think he could, I think he needs to find more of what he's doing it like and go with it. I think the match is going to tear the roof down the place. I think the only match I think is going to touch this match for this weekend is probably, unless there's a, uh, one that surprises me, is going to be the Gargano Ciampa the night before. Um, I think Nakamura ha- could win it, but I don't think it's going to be first WrestleMania first uh, and winning the championship right away. All I right. did not see that happening. All right, what do you got, Rube? Uh, I got Nakamura winning. I think uh, I think it's time for AJ to drop the belt, move on to the big uh, the A show, as a lot of people like to refer to Raw as. Uh, just like I thought, I think the Usos need to move over to Raw. I think uh, AJ's time is up. Um, I could see him getting a rematch at Backlash, since it's dual branded. That's where they do the shakeup. I could even see them so- sort of teasing him joining the club somehow to some capacity but then that's when the club just turns on him nakamura wins the belt and then we kind of get the uh the ballot club versus aj i could see that if aj retains but i'm gonna go nakamura winning all right um so that pretty much sums our predictions up um i can say that this on paper is the can we say the best card they've ever put together Yeah, at least in a very long time. Yeah, probably since nineteen. It was probably the most jam-packed card they've ever had. Agreed. Yeah. So hopefully the paper is as good on you know in ring than just on paper. So I do want to finish out with some quick, quick, quick predictions on. I'm just going to bring out the four matches from the Ring of Honor card, the Super Card of Honor. Um, I just want to talk the six man lat the six. The World Six Man Tag Team Championship ladder match with SoCal Censored and the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon. Um, I don't think the Young Bucks with Flip Gordon would make World Six Man Tag Champs, so I think SoCal Censored wins that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think SoCal Censored wins as well. Uh, but then again, with the way everything's going with the Bullet Club, I think uh, I think the Bucks. I could see the Bucks winning with Gordon and sort of continue with the whole dissension within the Bullet Club. Because remember, Cody and Flip Gordon aren't, you know, obviously they're rivals of some sorts against one another. Yeah, so I, guess, I, I guess you're right on that too. And yeah, and I mean, especially watching uh, Sakura Genesis the other day, the Bucks walked out on Rose in, hmm. uh, in 
tag team match with Paige when they went up against the Golden Lovers. So I can see the Bucks winning, but I but I'll go with SoCal and Sensei. All right, what do you say, Ray? Um, I agree with uh. I can see the whole Young Bucks thing, so I'm going to go with that one. All right. See them winning just for the storyline. All right, so then um, I'll just go with the double main event. We have Dalton Castle versus Marty Skrull for the Ring of Honor World title. Uh, I got Marty winning. I think Marty's going to win the title. I can see it. That will be awesome. And that will yeah. add more to the Bullet Club storyline, I think, if he's exactly. ROA's champion. Yeah, for sure. I definitely – I mean, I would love to see Marty win it. I think he deserves it. Um, and yeah, again, it just continues to add to the dissension within the Bullet Club. Eventually, Rhodes gets jealous, just like he is with Omega and that whole angle. And he's like that with Marty, and it just continues to just create a huge dissension. And then finally, the main event of uh, Supercard will be Kenny Omega versus Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes. <sighs> this is a little tough one, but I'm going to go with Kenny. I think Omega wins. Mm, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hot take. I think Cody wins. I think if it if he does win, it's gonna be a hodgepodge. I think there's gonna be a lot of shit going on in this match. That that's the thing. I think we're gonna see we're finally gonna see someone emerge as the leader of the Bullet Club. And you know, I was talking to someone the other day about this, and it kind of made sense. Right now, what they're doing in Bullet Club kind of feels like the uh, NWO Hollywood NWO Wolfpack with like. Tama Tonga and his crew kind of like being the, the modern day wolf pack. And then you have Cody trying to get like the whole NWO Hollywood of the Bullet Club together. Um, but I think Cody gets the win. I think somehow uh, maybe Tama Tonga, I, I know this is a long shot. I highly doubt he'll be in the building, but maybe, you know, Adam Page, the Bucks, someone, someone from the Bullet Club gets involved and we finally get Omega kicked out officially from the Bullet Club. That should be interesting. I mean, it's going to be... I think this is the first Saturday pay-per-view they've done in a really long time. Yeah, and it's going up against NXT, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. that main event... If you think about it, the main event from Ring of Honor and the main event from NXT, they both have story for almost the... for, what, over the last year? And it's been a hell of a story. I mean, you know, Ring of Honor, not... Ring of Honor hasn't been doing that storyline. It's more been Bullet Club with their being the Elite Series, which is brilliant on their part. And it kind of shows how poorly, how poor Ring of Honor is with writing storylines at this point. But yeah, I like the I like how both main events kind of coincide with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings our little episode to a close. I want to thank you both of you for joining me today. Um, if you do, you guys want to plug your your stuff go like spin <laughs> you, you i say it every time you know all where right. to go all right Rube, you want to plug your you want to plug first seed yeah definitely man go on soundcloud.com search first seed network and uh also i also have the link to every episode on mondays in my instagram bio you can check it uh you can check out my instagram ruben c1525 so either soundcloud search first seed network or just check out my instagram i have the link every monday all right, so for all my wrestling fans, all our wrestling fans, enjoy this episode. For all our new listeners, just because this is a wrestling episode, thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Have a good day and enjoy WrestleMania.